I was speaking to the winner, uh, Steph, earlier this morning and, and just mentioned to her, hey, do you journal? And she's like, no, do you? And I'm like, no, but I feel like we need to. Like we need to capture this moment and how we feel because I, we're both, we're just, we're not going to sit in the moment. This is Life on the Land, a Grazy Her podcast telling stories of women living in rural, regional and remote Australia. I'm Sky Manson, your host for this episode. Today, we are lucky enough to be sitting in the same room as the national winner and the national runner-up for the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award for 2022. The winner, Stephanie Trethewey from Dunlauren in Tasmania for her project, Motherland, the podcast and Motherland Village, and the national runner-up, Kimberly Furness, for her project, Oak Magazine, which has invested in a podcast van that will be soon travelling to remote areas in all around Australia to capture more rural stories. We'll hear more from Kimberly towards the end of the program, but first up, let's speak with Stephanie Trithui. To find out more about how this whirlwind of an announcement feels, what she plans to do with her $20,000 grant, and a little bit more about the process of being involved in the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award. So, Steph, we only spoke a few hours ago, but I'm so lucky to have a little bit more time with you this morning. When we first spoke to you on Life on the Land, Motherland Village was a really, the Motherland podcast was well and truly out there. Motherland Village was a very kind of new idea. How has it grown in the last six months? I'm sure it's been huge. Yeah, it's it's gotten a little bit out of hand only only because oh. <laughs> no only because I've been doing this solo. It's been a pretty lonely business journey. Um, you know, starting Mudland from scratch and, and growing it on my own with with no help up until a couple of months ago. So it's been going amazingly well. We've had you know over ninety rural mums through the program. We've got enrolments open um, right now for for our age all our age groups for October will be the last programs we run for twenty twenty two. So by the end of this year, we would have had you know more than one hundred and ten rural mums through the program, which is pretty special. In, in just under 12 months. I'd like to know a little bit more about your hospital program. Is it a pilot now or was it has it been a pilot as a result of being a state finalist? Um, a bit of both. It's I put a call out. I literally through the community, I said, you know, does anyone know anyone who works in a hospital in a maternity ward who has any level of power or control or decision a decision maker? And um, this amazing, the head of midwifery, um, and she's now the general manager of Catherine Hospital, reached out as a motherland listener. And it really just went from there. And, and look, it's, it's still in pilot phase, but it's really a brand awareness campaign through a QR code system. Every rural mum that gives birth there through their antenatal classes, um, in the birth suites, in their postnatal checkups. Um, they're being connected to motherland um, and, and that's really important because they know that there is a village, there is an online rural mothers group for them if they wish to be part of that. So that's really important and I suppose part of this incredible award is is raising motherland's profile because I need to be having conversations with, with people in government, with people um, who work in hospitals because I think that we can really achieve so much more with motherland from a grassroots level. You know, there are too many mums coming through the program that have already struggled. Um, their kids might be one or two years old as an example and they're like, oh, I wish I I had this when I came home with a newborn and, and I think that's the vision is is no rural mum left behind and that's got to start from birth and beyond. So just take a step back. Why did why did you want to become involved in like from day dot and get yourself sort of platformed within hospitals? Where did that light bulb moment come from? 
I think it was just, you know, when are you your most vulnerable as a mum? And for me, it was becoming a mum for the first time and and even second time round is the newborn days obviously pretty tricky. Um, and I think that's where that social connection, knowing you're not alone, going through those sleep deprivation, through all the struggles that come with it is important. But I want to make it very clear, you know, Motherland Village is not just for mums with babies. I think there's a really bad misconception with motherhood is everyone just assumes once your kids are out of nappies that that's, you know, you're out of out of the trenches. And what I'm learning through Motherland Village is the trenches continue. And that's why, you know, we're really passionate about having the program open for, for mums with kids aged 4 to 10 and 11 to 18 as well. So, um, look, I started it from my own struggles. This whole thing, I've just been building the bike while I ride it. You know, Richard Branson, screw it, let's do it. That's his motto and and that's how I've very much gone into this. Tell me a little bit about you, um, your ambassador program that you're wanting to start. Very sneaky of you there, Sky. Because oh. we no, 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 it's it's all good. Um, I haven't talked about it much, but you know, one important thing about this award and my project was to pitch: how do I scale Motherland Village when you're a one-woman show? I can only facilitate so many groups, and I need to be working on the business, not in it all the time. And so, what we really want to work towards is to, and you know, putting out some expressions of interest in the future for other rural women, other rural mums, um, to be, I guess, state-based Motherland ambassadors, to be trained as facilitators, to be able to to carry rural mums through the program um, and be paid for their time to do that. So that's the dream because the mums are out there. You know, WA, for example, I don't have many connections in WA. I, I wouldn't know where to start to, to mobilise more mums there. Um, and I was just talking to someone from WA last night and she's like, let's chat, we'd love to help you. So I think there's a real opportunity for Motherland to actually, you know, create jobs for rural mums um, and, you know, quadruple the number of mums, you know, that we're taking every year, if not more. So... Something I noticed about the um, topics and the tenure of the finalists is that there were quite a few predominant themes this year. So podcasting was one, Um, media and telling rural women's stories was another, and then also this focus on um, sort of children cohorts of like zero to three years old. Does, does, Does that tell you anything? Definitely, there's been, I guess, a more of a family theme this yeah. year, which I think is is quite special. Um, you know, this award, I, I didn't actually think to apply for it because I, I, I didn't think it was farmy enough. I, you know, it's not a food business and I totally didn't know what I was thinking because it's not, Agri, Agri Futures have done an incredible job of, of, you know, encouraging women with lots of different businesses to come forward. And this year was, yeah, it was a real family theme, a real personal theme. You know, all of us have created our businesses from our own pain points um, whether personally or just pain points we can see within industry and you know when you come across a problem if you think you know there's a solution I think you know you should take it upon yourself to have a crack. I want to talk a little bit about the ins and outs of the agri-futures process. Tell me about well, tell me, let's start for you. Why did you actually put your hat in the ring and fill out an application? Were you encouraged to do so? I was encouraged. Um, someone reached out and asked me if I'd put my hat in the ring, I think two weeks before applications closed. And I said, no, I don't feel like I'm ready yet. And they were like, just have a go. And and I just, I didn't, and look, it was October last year. It's a long process. And so that's something to consider is you might not have all the answers with your idea or business now, but it's a long journey if you, if you get to the end. So I threw my hat in the ring and Motherland Village hadn't even kicked off yet. Like we hadn't even run a mother's group. I'd run the trial group of nine mums and that's it. Um, so I'm so glad I did because 
I clearly was ready. <laughs> and and it's also, it's a year long process. So what happens next? You put your application in, you were shortlisted. This I'm asking these questions for people who yeah. might be interested. Yeah. What is the process to get you from that state shortlist into um, becoming a state finalist? Um, so from memory, it was just putting in an application and answering a, quite a number of questions in a bit of detail. Um, and they decided the state finalists from, from those applications. Um, and then the finalists, you know, in Tasmania, at least, we headed down to Hobart. We pitched to a panel. Um, I think we had 10 minutes to pitch um, in front of three or four people, which was, you know, pretty intimidating. The first time getting up there and really pitching my baby to, to someone else. Um, and yeah, and it was a bit of a wait. And we actually had a, a bit of change in power in government. Our um, Premier, Peter Gutwin, resigned and the event um, was postponed. Um, so it was a bit of an extra wait. We had to wait an extra month um, until May. And yeah, it was an amazing event where I was announced. And yeah, it was amazing. So as a part of that pitch process, is it just you pitching to the panel? No questions asked, no two-way conversation? Yeah, no, there's a pitch at the start and then Q&As after that. So, you know, you go in there and, you know, I had a slide deck and I, I really kind of, you know, refined that pitch. And then you had, I think we had like half an hour of the judges to just ask those questions. So AgriFutures and Westpac have really really allowed a lot of time to get to know you and to dig deeper into business. Um, but, yeah, you've got to be ready. You've got to, you've got to know what you're doing and you've got to know your strategy and your purpose it really pushes you to refine what it is you're trying to achieve and that's by far been the biggest benefit is I had a massive aha moment leading into the national pitch so you know won the state award and then um, had a three-day workshop in Albury where we had to pitch that was an intense three days really intense Um, but you know what happens in those three days yeah so I mean literally diaries full from dawn till dusk um, you know learning learning or spruiking learning personal development workshops um business refinement of your pitch practicing we did a lot of practicing so all of the finalists the national finalists pitched to each other mm-hmm. um, which is quite an odd feeling um, but it's really you know collaborative they've agrifutures have done an amazing job is it's not so much a competitive environment but collaborative and you're helping each other refine your pitches so um, that was an incredible experience so it really helped me nail down what I was going to pitch which was at 4 p.m on day three exhausted but you know ready to kind of yeah give it my all Oh, it's a yeah it's it's um quite the grueling task and so by the time you've done that pitch obviously your panel is different to your state panel correct yep that's right yeah, yeah we pitched totally different people it was a yeah representative from um agri-futures managing director john harvey someone from westpac um yeah there was and cara peak of course um the 2020 national winner so that was a bit of a thrill how much did your pitch change from number one version to number two um some of ours changed dramatically um mine didn't change that much. Um, there was some really great input from AgriFutures on things I could add and, and tidy up, but my core of what I stood for didn't change. And I think that's quite important too. You can change a little bit of here and there, but the bones and the skeleton, you know, I think you need to be pretty clear on. And that shines through when you're pitching it. You know, you know what you want, you know what you stand for. And I'm, I'm just, I believe in motherland so much and I believe in rural mum so much that... I think I'd like to think that my personal passion, you know, has kind of shone through. And do you think it gets harder as each stage gets goes on or easier? As each day? No. So, yeah, you've got these two levels of pitching, state yeah. and national. Was it more difficult at the national level or easier? I think it was easier because you've done it before. Um, just practice, practice, really. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I don't want to freak people out. It is a full-on process, but... You know, Motherland's my baby. I, I don't, I didn't feel like I needed, I didn't feel like I needed to practice it much because I live and breathe it. You know, my business is my journey. 
I am my customer. So I've never felt like I've had to put it on. I just tell it like it is coming from me. And I think if you've got a business that your authenticity shines through, that is going to put you in good stead. And a tiny insight into what this is like winning and then the roller coaster afterwards. I mean, it's huge, but a wonderful experience and incredibly um, tiring. <laughs> yeah, I can't complain because, you know, hashtag grateful. Um, it, it's been, I can't even tell you what's happened the last 12 hours. I mean, what is it now? It's not even midday yet, Sky, and it's only announced 12, 14 hours ago. I got, I think, an hour and a half of sleep last night. Um, I thought, oh, you know, I'll sleep in, go for brekkie, no, 6 a.m., cab waiting for me to Parliament House. I mean, look, the regional PR co, Georgie and Zelda, have been amazing what they do to promote bush businesses. It just makes me want to cry. You know, I've been on Sky News this morning, ABC News Breakfast. We're about to go to Nine News, SBS TV, every newspaper under the sun. You know, these women work so hard to to pump other other women up. Um, so, you know, I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. That's why I'm here. I, I always said from the start, I want to put rural motherhood on the map. That's the mission. That's the goal. And that needs to go mainstream. That needs to go to people in power, to government, to corporates. Um, and so this award, this platform is just such an amazing opportunity for me to do that. Well done, Steph. Um, you're, yeah, it's very impressive and good luck with the year ahead. Thank you so much, Sky. Applications for the 2023 AgriFutures Rural Women's Award are now open. In 2023, AgriFutures and the event's platinum sponsor, Westpac, will be offering up to $42,000 in grants and mentoring support for successful state and national finalists. Additionally, AgriFutures offers a Rural Women's Acceleration Grant designed to support seven Australian women with a learning and development bursary of $7,000 to enable them to bring their idea, cause or vision to life. Applications for both programs are now open until Wednesday 19th of October 2022. Northern Territory applications remain open until Friday the 17th of January 2023. For more information, visit agrifutures.com.au slash rwa. Also with me is Kimberly Furness, the founder and main girl of Oak Magazine and its associated podcasts and now podcast van, which will be travelling all over Australia. Congratulations, Kimberly. This is um, so exciting for you. What's what's this morning been like the day after the awards? It doesn't even feel like a day after Sky. I think it's because we went to bed so late and we're up so early this morning. So it has all just blurred in. I mean, it was late to bed last night and I think I just, I lay in bed going through my phone, looking at all the messages and um, I think just waiting for it to sink in as well and, and feeling the enormity of it. I mean, it's a really big deal to be a runner up and I just this is the pressure I put on myself. I just want to make sure I nail this opportunity and, and get my key messages right and leverage it. And you know what I mean? And, and doing this all on lack of sleep, I feel like I'm back having a newborn. Give me a little bit of, or all our listeners, a little bit of an insight as to what it was like being in the room, in the Great Hall of Parliament House last night and the potential opportunities that could come from that. There are some really well-connected people And having interviewed past finalists and past winners, like I've always known 
how amazing that alumni is. And so I know that there were connectors in that room. Those women do an amazing job. So to be in that room, I mean, this is 500 plus people. I'm, oh gosh, after two years, I'm from Victoria. I haven't been around that many people in a, in a space, but you just felt the prestige. You, you felt the collaboration opportunities that were there and, um, sitting at that table even I mean we had a we had a great table we had Mark from Westpac uh we had Maz Catherine Marriott who is our state chair and and so many others that again are so well connected and and so willing to introduce you to someone make that connection because that is where the magic happens and now you're one of those connectors I know I know (laughs) uh yeah the pressure's on yeah so give me a little bit of an insight into what you're going to do with your $15,000 grant. So I think going into each project, whether it be my state or the national, like being a runner up, like I've had my projects, but always knew I'd make those happen either way. So what the Westpac grant does for me is accelerate that and enables me to pay people while we do it. I mean, as women, we collaborate very well and I can get things done, but in terms of the national win so what just if we rewind a little bit what comes off the state win is this this validation this newfound confidence in what you do and who you are and I channeled that into buying a van which I'm hoping to travel around to you know rural postcodes regional events all of that and interview people you know face to face because there is there is a power there is a connection that happens and you know that builds community so with the national runners up Westpac Grant. I'm hoping now to take the van over to Western Australia and then up to Northern Territory because it's areas that we really haven't tapped into in terms of our stories. And I want to share more about, you know, women in male dominated industries such as mining, um, more Indigenous stories and, and everything else as well. And, you know, always in the hope that we can show what we can be and whether that's for myself, my friend, a sister, or to be honest, whether it's for my two girls, just to see there is no limit and um, to see someone else doing it, I hope that they can too. That is so exciting. That's just, you know, as a podcaster making my, and and someone that used to live in Western Australia, making my heart sing. So um, yeah, we look forward to following that. So to um, rewind even further, just tell our listeners a little bit about you and about Oak. It started as a 24-page magazine, very off-the-cuff kind of thing to do. Where did this come from? Isn't it interesting? As a journalist, I am so used to telling other people's stories. So I think if I was to think of a challenge throughout the whole process, it is having to share my story. And yeah, I you know, year 10 work experience is how I discovered writing and then I did a, a bit of a left-hand turn into beauty therapy, hoping to become a beauty editor and just feeling like that door had closed, like I'd missed. I had kids and I just thought, well, I'm never going to get into magazines. And I suppose that love of them and wanting to be involved and not being able to read anything that um, resonated with me either. Uh, so that's, you know, sometimes you just, you need an opportunity. I was going to be a guest speaker in an event. Uh, I could put something in the gift bag and I suppose it's in me to say, well, I can see a gap and I, I want to do so. I want to try. I want to see what I can do. And, and that's what I did and created that that 24 page, I suppose, telling people like it's just to tick a box. Like I'm just happy to get this done. But really deep down, I was hoping people would love it as much as I did and that this could be a real thing. And um, I think with pre-orders selling out, 
handing it around at the event and people saying, where can I subscribe? And it growing over the last four years, last five years, just looking back, I, I can't believe how, gosh, I'm trying to keep my emotions in because we've had no sleep, but I can't believe how big it's gone. You know what I mean? Like just the stories we've been able to share and I see the impact of those stories and that is other women wanting to start a business in their rural community you know, to provide financial support for them to draw tourists off the main highway into their tiny town uh, that has an economic benefit. Um, Like, honestly, I've played a small role in that. Like, that's, yeah, that's such a big thing. It's so wonderful. And also, I think it's just very interesting, um, given the current media landscape. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. how was Oak Mag- How did Oak Magazine sort of cope with that prior to being nominated for this award? And then I want to talk to you about afterwards. But before, in things like revenue raising and advertising and um, keeping that business going, did you find it difficult or was it, in fact, really well supported? Uh, I suppose there's just a guilt personally about how much financial pressure I put my family under just to chase my dream but you know I obviously believe in it and hope that it (laughs) works out for the best Uh, but also I mean I work another job you know I I do a lot of events I do social media workshops it takes me away from home for for quite a bit of time so that I have that money to support myself and my family but in terms of the revenue that comes into the magazine it is small business women that are supporting Oak we need the big guys. We need them to come on board and realise the potential and the difference and the impact that they can actually make by supporting something like this, that helping us to make female voices more visible uh, because obviously visibility is such a powerful tool and I think the more of us that see what we can be uh, is just so beneficial for, for rural communities, for regional, for you know the, the whole nation. Mm. And uh, in terms of the type of advertising structure that we have I mean like I'm not from this industry in in that sense and and sometimes I feel like a bit of an imposter to sort of and think oh my god am I doing it right like what I don't know do I comment on this I mean mine's all collaborations yeah we have ads coming in absolutely but there's also this collaborative effort and that's working really well for us so um I, maybe it's because we do also have that community ecosystem. It, it's not all our eggs in one basket. It's not just print. We have this, you know, incredible uh, comprehensive digital community. We also have the podcast, events, all of it. Like there's all these different streams that we can pull in from. But um, going forward, I, I need a sales manager. I, I'm sick of wearing all the hats. <laughs> I'm happy to give one off. I think you can um, certainly hopefully justify that now. And what does it say to you, just the very fact that you've been awarded as the runner-up for rural and regional media and publications and being a publisher? This is probably the biggest thing. Like the whole way through, every time I made a stage, I just kept going, my gosh, like I'm a magazine, like I'm not saving lives. And, you know, I've, I've had to work hard to change that narrative in my head because, you know, I've, I've had the absolute privilege of sitting in, listening to our seven, our, my six fellow finalists uh, share their stories, their pictures in Aubrey over and over. These women have incredible stories. They have uh, incredible businesses. And again, I suppose I just kept thinking, but I've just got pages. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but I suppose that that plays a role, doesn't it, Sky? Like we, 
they've got the stories, but we need somewhere to be able to share those in a really authentic way, uh, in a way that allows that woman to write her own narrative. And that's what Oak provides. So I think it's absolutely huge and kudos to AgriFutures for recognising a, yeah, a media platform. I think we're going to see more of it. Yeah, I think that's so encouraging. And you and me the same are interested in the same thing. So it's just absolutely wonderful. Outside of um, taking the podcasting van to like the other end of Australia, what are your next big dreams outside of that? Or are you just going to happy to sort of sit in the moment, which I actually can't imagine you doing? No, um, I was speaking to the winner, uh, Steph, earlier this morning and, and just mentioned to her, hey, do you journal? And she's like, no, do you? And I'm like, no, but I feel like we need to, like we need to like capture this moment and how we feel because I, we're both that, as you said, we're just, we're not going to sit in the moment. We're going to look to like forward and see what more we can do. And um, one of the big reasons why I started Oak was, as I said, stood in front of the magazines and at a supermarket and couldn't see uh, myself in it and I'm still standing in front of them. I mean, Grazy Her has been in coal. So for me, that is just this little silver lining like, oh, if, you know, Claire and the team can do it, there's an opportunity there. Like we need more of it. So um, Sky, I'm not resting. I've decided for the next 12 months until I can get the mag in a supermarket like we as women I like I've got four kids I spend nearly every day in there you know and um I'd love to see our stories there I'd love to see the faces of rural women which are so different um across the board one quick question before I let you go you have got four kids what is home life like for you outside of um chasing your dreams I have an incredible husband. You you don't see him on the socials. He's not at events. Uh, he wasn't with us last night and, you know, not in sort of any of the PR assets that, that come with this. And um, that's because he is behind the scenes picking up all the balls that I drop and um, making sure the kids are where they need to be and that they've got that support parent at home. So I'm really fortunate in that, that I can walk out the door and travel, fulfill my passion, feel like I'm... I've got my purpose because I think we lose a little bit of that when we have our kids, that little bit of identity. And um, yeah, I, I've, um, I'm still switched off as to what's going on at home. I mean, <laughs> but when it, when I get home, I'm home. Do you know what I mean? I, I think I'm setting a good example for the kids, you know, that really hard work ethic and yeah, just chase your dream no matter how hard it is. Like you can actually make it work. You've just got to grind. Well, Kimberly, congratulations. Um, can't wait to see what the next 12 months looks like for you. Thank you so much. Two very impressive women, Stephanie Trithui and Kimberly Furness. But I'd have to say, as I did in our episode earlier this morning, it's not only these winners and finalists that are the emerging leaders in rural Australia, it's many women doing their thing in many towns rural, regional and remote all over Australia. Thank you so much for listening to Life on the Land. We really hope that you've enjoyed this special episode. Please remember that the latest edition of Grazy Her is on sale now. Make sure you never miss an edition with a subscription at grazyher.com.au. The current collaboration between Grazy Her and Lewin Hyde offers an awesome 
beautiful tan bag as a part of the subscription process. So check it out on our website. We'll be back with you next week with another Life on the Land story.